In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. Jack, how has your 2019 been so far? It's good. It's exciting times. I'm ready to sort of... Yesterday was good with the offence. We're looking at the PFF grades. Ready to nail the defence today. Did you go and watch some football today? Soccer? Yeah, I went out um, watched non-league football. Um, so I went to watch East Thurrock versus Concord. Um, give away a slight secret about how we do some filming on New Year's Day. So this isn't a uh, live podcast, guys. This is on the bank from New Year's Day. So uh, we drew, but uh, we're getting nearer and nearer to finally leaving the relegation zone. Well done, mate. All right, great. Um, yeah, I've been hung over in bed most of the day, so uh, I haven't done a lot. No worries, guys. So if you, if you haven't listened to our show yesterday, jump on and listen to the show yesterday. Today, we're doing exactly the same thing, but on the defence. So we're looking at the PFF grades from everyone in the AFC North and seeing who's the best, who's the worst, where everyone's ranked. Um, and we're using PFF because they are the guys that rank every single snap in the NFL. They do a much better job than any fan can do because if you're a fan, you're probably not watching every snap of every game and grading every player. So uh, now here is the AFC North grades as of 2019, ranked the 1st of January. Here we go. Edge defenders first. So that can be a defensive end if you're talking Browns or uh, Cincinnati. If you're talking Pittsburgh, Baltimore, that is your three, four outside linebackers. So it's important to remember you're going to see a lot more sort of interior defenders for Pittsburgh and Baltimore that are good because they play with three interior defenders, whereas we'll play with two interior defenders and uh, an extra linebacker. So here we go. Edge defender. The best in the division. No surprise. The only good rated um, edge defender. Number 13, Miles Garrett. Um, we've got seven above average players. You've got Dunlap in Cincinnati, 17th. Watt in Pittsburgh, 27th. Um, two in Baltimore. You've got Smith, 32nd. And Suggs, 34th. Chicolo in Pittsburgh, 50th. Hubbard in Cincinnati, 55th, and Judon in Baltimore, 62nd. Um, flip over, just average rated. Dupree, 81st in Pittsburgh. Ogba, 82nd rated. Um, Smith, 87th. Avery, 92nd. Johnson in Cincinnati, also 92nd. And 94th, Willis in Cincinnati. My takeaway from that is, outside of Garrett, we need to get better at the edge defender position. Um, you've got Smith, Avery and Ogba, a solid rotational pieces, but we need that other worldie or at least above average. So uh, I think we've got some improvement to do there. I'm surprised uh, Ogba wasn't above average. Um, I think, I, I just, I don't think he's built right to be that sort of um, 
edge defender. I, I think he'd be better at the three tech. All right. Uh, inside defence. So interior defender. Here is the only high quality player, according to PFF, in the entire division. Is Pierce for Baltimore comes in at sixth for interior defenders. Um, there's three good. You've got Hayward at Pittsburgh, sixteenth. Atkins at Cincinnati, eighteenth. And Hargraves, Hargrave at Pittsburgh, twenty-first. Got five above average. You've got Chewett, twenty-fifth. Uh, at Pittsburgh, Williams at Baltimore, 35th. Billings at Cincinnati, 42nd. Urban at Baltimore, 48th. Wormley at Baltimore, 69th. Two average, you've got Ogunjobi, 89th. Um, and Aluela at Pittsburgh, 92nd. And then coming in, in below average, is Coley, who is 115th. And just to note, remember, guys, if you listen to this podcast, jump over to my Twitter, at Jack Duffin. There's a chart up with all this information, so when we're going through it, you can see as we're happening. But uh, no, the big surprise for me, and I've ch been chatting to John Costco from PFF through the season, is how low Ogunjobi's rated, um, which has been disappointing. But uh, it's down to the fact that he's made some splash plays, but consistently he hasn't been good enough and I think that will change if you get someone better alongside him um, and I think I think that's what we need to add as well in the offseason is another really good three tech and that could mean Ogba moving inside and getting a better edge defender it could be improving both yeah I think we're definitely uh, a player short on this D-line one or two impact players yeah I, I just I think if that is the our biggest weakness, I would say, as a team, um, because it makes so much of a difference. Um, linebackers, we could do with improving, but for me, yes, yeah, the interior and the edge defenders definitely need an upgrade. All right, here we go, mate. Quick question for you. Do you think we need a offensive tackle or a defensive tackle biggest priority? I would say, well, if, if you re-sign Robinson, it's definitely a D-tackle. If you don't re-sign Robinson, it's definitely an offensive tackle. So okay. it's all based on what you do with him. Yeah. Could you see us taking a defensive tackle in the first round? I could. I wouldn't do it. Um, if you just look at the last nine that were taken over the last two years, um, I believe it was nine over the last two, um, there's only sort of been two that really stood out and done a great job. So for me, it's not a position I'd ever take in the first round. I think you're far better moving off for inside and drafting one. Um, or I don't think you'll hit free agency. Grady Jarrett, if you're going to spend money, wouldn't be a bad interior defender to sign to the three-tech from uh, the Falcons. So we can't take wide receivers. We can't take running backs. We can't take DTs in the first round. What can we bloody take in the first round? Edge defenders. Edge defenders, cornerbacks, um, tight ends, quarterbacks. You're happy to take a tight end in the first round? Yeah, I, th I think tight ends are really good. Because it, for me, I'm not just looking at what they can produce in the first five years. I'm looking at do you keep them? So my frustration with Nick Chubb's going to be, after he's finished his four years, even if he is at that point the best running back in the NFL, we'd be mad to keep him. Because to sign him you're then going to have to take a massive reduction at your quality of other positions to pay him. So 
it's if you get a wide receiver and they become a fantastic wide receiver, you've got to break the bank to pay for him. And as you see with Pittsburgh paying Antonio Brown, that's created problems elsewhere on the roster. And now that he's misbehaving, you're having an issue of, oh, you can't really move on from him because you've tied so much money in. So yeah. whereas with a tight end, the top of the tight end market isn't very expensive. So if you had two of the best tight ends in the NFL, you don't have to spend that much money tying them up and keeping them. And that, for me, is why investing in the top of the tight end market and as well probably in the cornerback market isn't as risky as investing in a running back, a wide receiver that you don't want to keep them if they become elite. All right, great. Let's move on then to the uh, linebackers. So linebackers, four above average. You've got Joe Schobert, ninth, top in the division. Uh, you've got Fort at Pittsburgh, comes in 17th. Mosley, 27th in Baltimore. Um, Pittsburgh have got Williams at 36th. Um, in the average category, you've got Virgil in Cincinnati, 53rd. Collins comes in 56th. On Woozor, I believe it is in Baltimore in 60th. Bostick in Pittsburgh, 61st. Young in Baltimore is 65th. Brown in Cincinnati is 70th. Um, four below average, you've got 75th Evans in Cincinnati. 80th, you've got Kirksey in Cleveland and Perfect in Cincinnati. And then 81st, you've got Nickerson in Cincinnati. Mm. We definitely, outside Joe Schobert, there is some definite need for upgrades with both Collins and Kirksey. And I know uh, Kirksey's a fan favourite. We're probably moving on from Kirksey this season. I th uh, sorry, from Collins this season. I think Kirksey has got one more year probably to prove it. And if he doesn't have a good year, I don't think he's here in 2020. Mate, he's got, he got an extension. Felt like last year, didn't he? Yeah, he, he had an extension uh, recently. Five uh, years. I think it was... Was it last off-season or the season before? It was the off-season before, I believe. But if you're looking at his contract... Um, you're not going to move on from him this year um, because it'd be a lot of dead cap. But next year, if you were to move on from him, you're only paying 2.4 million. So it's peanuts. You can easily walk away from that. All right. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised he's below average. Um, um, I thought it'd be better than that, but yeah. He struggled this year. Um, and it's just one of them that give it... Two, three years ago, he was up there with the best coverage linebackers in the NFL and he's not been able to produce that level. It is crazy. Start of the season, we were like, how are we going to fit four linebackers in? And then now we're like... Joe really, needs a friend. <laughs> obviously, Avery can play back there and you've got Schobert, So, But yeah, we definitely need another linebacker in the draft. Yeah, I, th I think the Avery question is going to be a big one, which will impact what we do for this offense. Personally... I would put him squarely into that D-line rotation. Then you, you can bring him out for certain snaps, but I, I would put him, focus him as that sort of third or fourth edge defender. All right, so, great. Cornerbacks? Cornerbacks. Uh, we've got lots of these that are above average. 14th, Ward. 15th, Humphreys in Baltimore. 28th, Jackson in Cincinnati. 35th, Carr in Baltimore. 36th, Joe Hayden in Pittsburgh. 40th, Hilton in Pittsburgh. 53rd is Philip Gaines in Cleveland. Um, 58th, Denard in uh, Cincinnati. 
Um, 62nd, you've got Young in Baltimore and Senzabar in Pittsburgh. 63rd, you've got Smith in Baltimore. So the big surprise for me there was Pitts, um, is uh, Philip Gaines, how well he's actually played. He's not had that many snaps, but he's been very good when he's been out there. Mate, you were, you were saying to me that um, you, you, he won't be on the roster next year, but these ratings, he could be on the roster, mate. Yeah, I, th- I think he's got a solid case of being our sort of sixth uh, cornerback. Um, that's where I see him uh, hanging around. So then we jump on to the average. You've got 65th Mitchell, 67th Carey, 82nd is BBC because he's played more snaps at cornerback than safety. So if they'd have been slightly different, he might have been listed as a safety according to PFF. Then 97th, you've got Kurtz Patrick in Cincinnati. And then 102nd, you've got Burns in Pittsburgh. So uh, no, and if uh, EJ Gaines had played more snaps, he drops in an average um, according to PFF, but hasn't played enough snaps to be uh, ranked. I think my thing there is we just need to get another better um, above average cornerback. But to be fair, Mitchell and Carey, they've been solid. I think you just add someone in there. Um, Whether you take a punt on uh, Ronald Darby from the Eagles, who's injured, um, or you just draft someone in sort of the second or third round, potentially the first, is an option you look at in the off-season. Cool. Right, to wrap it up, you've got safeties. Um, Top-rated safety in the division is Bates in Cincinnati, who's 10th. Um, Weddle, Baltimore, 17th. You've got Peppers in 20th, Randall in 30th. Jefferson in Baltimore's 32nd. Williams in Cincinnati's 34th. Davis in Pittsburgh's 40th. Burnett in Pittsburgh's 49th. So that's all the above average. Average, you've got Edmonds in Pittsburgh, the 65th. Um, Levine in Baltimore, the 69th. And then Kindred is 87th, which is below average. Yeah, I think that's good. I think, yeah, Kindred's my only concern because he had a great season last year, but below average now. Um, I think it's partly where he's been bouncing in and out the lineup. He's sort of had about, off the top of my head, you're looking around 35, 40% of snaps, whereas Peppers has played the majority. Um, but it's one of them that I think he's solid, so I'll, I'll happily keep him around another year, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do make the decision to move on. I think it's all going to depend on if he wants a sort of a rookie minimum to hang around, I think they pay that happily. If he's going to want more money, then it's go find somewhere else because we appreciate you, but we're not going to pay you. All right, great. And how are we looking against in the gradings on the defence, mate? So here's the gradings, and if you haven't listened to the last one, it's graded, so it's four points for first, one point for last, all the way through, and it's two edge defenders, two interior defenders, one linebacker, and then whoever's, um, depending on which defence people are running, their second linebacker or their third interior defender, three cornerbacks, and then your two safeties. So fourth, yet again, is Cincinnati um, with 21 points. Um, out of 44. Um, third place is the Browns with 27 points. Second place is Pittsburgh with 28 points. And then first and the best defence, which isn't a surprise, comes in as Baltimore with 34 points. And just to look at where the Browns came worst, 
was three different spots it was edge defender two interior defender one interior defender two so they are the spots where we've got to go and really improve um, we had several first best edge defender best linebacker best cornerback best second safety so there is talent there we just need to go and upgrade that d-line and it's really interesting to note that if you said to the browns fans what are your weakest positions they're all talking about d-line so these numbers are coming out very much right and then if you look at the overall numbers a distant fourth in the division is cincinnati with 43 points out of 88 and then it's three, two points separating the top three. So one's on 58, one's on 59, and one's on 60. And then if you look at how the division finished, Cincinnati were a distant fourth. The other three teams, very, very close together, um, other than sort of a first-year coaching disaster from Hugh. Cleveland coming at third, 58 points. Pittsburgh second with 59 points. And Baltimore first with 60 points. So I think... PFF and the actual reality. It's very, very close together, guys, for all them people that hate on PFF. I love them, and their numbers look very, very accurate if you're going to look at it in this way. Yeah, it's quite interesting with the uh, draft coming up, mate. It feels like um, defensive end, uh, inside defence, linebacker, cornerback, and then maybe on the offence side, a wide receiver and tight end. Yeah, I, I, and... I think there's, there's not many pieces we need to add. Um, and that's not a surprise. We've got the sixth most expensive roster in the NFL. Um, so add a few pieces. And I think we can certainly be in contention to win, win this division. And why I say it's all about winning this division rather than setting targets like a Super Bowl or a win the conference. Every season, if you start of the year and you win your division and you guarantee a spot in the playoffs, that's where it starts. Every year, it's about winning your division. And then you deal with what happens after that. If you wrap up your division in week 15, then you've got two weeks to go out there and go up to the next level. Every year, and um, what's the uh, Baltimore, um, Ozzy Newsom said, success is getting into the playoffs every single year. And that needs to be the target. So let's go out there and achieve it every year. Yeah, I think... Um... With the draft, we've got that extra third round, which is going to be really uh, valuable for us. It all depends what the uh, Patriots do. So uh, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on and rooting for like, Patriots to drop out as early as possible to make that pick as valuable as possible. Yeah, and then we've got the two extra fifth rounds. So I know you don't think too highly on a fifth round, but yeah. there could be a gem in the fifth round that we pick up, like another Avery. Yeah, for me, the first is the key round. The second and third, you, can, you get good value and you're looking to have players that by the end of the year will be starters. The fourth and fifth round are very much their, their punts and their risks. Sixth and seventh, I'm expecting nothing. Um, and if you get something, then fantastic. All right, great. Well, look, mate, I really enjoyed that, mate. That was really good. Yeah, I thought it was a really nice sort of early look at the season, look at where we are in the division, see where our holes are and see how we stack up. So, uh, no, have a wicked time and then I'm really looking forward to our next show. Dan's back in the UK and it'll be good to have a chat with him. Yeah, good, good. We're going to look at all the uh, predictions, what we all said before the start of the season. Go back, listen to a few shows between now and then and then uh, see how how, how well we did. I think Kelly, the um, president of the British uh, Border, is also going to come on. She made some uh, predictions as well so it should be quite a good little show well that was one of your uh, accidental predictions 
when uh, she called her president on the show um, and she had to correct you. <laughs> yeah, I always know best, Jack. <laughs> I, I need to come and join you in that time machine one time. Yeah. All right, pal. All right, mate. Have a fantastic time and uh, keep your chin up, guys. Go and check out PFF. Fantastic resource for anyone out there. And uh, let's go, brownies. Woof, woof. There's change coming. There's change coming.